Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. Hello, friends, and welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. Here on Thursday, February 2nd, it is the, uh, it's Groundhog Day. Did the, the, the... Did that rodent see its shadow? Pretty fitting that it's uh, Groundhog Day, Chris, <laughs> after what we saw in Iowa City Boom! yesterday. He's Chris Hassel. My name's Chris Williams. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Circa Sports Iowa as we are giving away a trip to Circa, and we are giving away a $300 gift card to Fairway for your big game house party we will be giving it away on our show coming up early next week on the 6th how do you enter it is very simple you simply go to iowaeverywhere.com it is a giant banner on the front page you simply fill out your name and your email and you're involved to win and the good thing is hassle we're not one of those national companies that's throwing you into a pool of like hundreds of thousands of people no, you're gonna probably you're you're in with however many people sign up for this. So your chances of winning are, are mm-hmm. pretty good. I mean, because not a ton of people, like, everybody who listens doesn't fill one of these things out. So like, my point is like you're kind of dumb not to do this. Do you want a free trip to Las Vegas, and do you want three hundred dollars from Fairway? Like, go sign up at iowaeverywhere.com. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Your 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 lower lips looking extra plump this morning. Did you just get a collagen injection down there? I mean, you call me the diva, and it looks like you've got new lips on. No, my lips are normal. Okay, they're a little uh, chapped. I mean, it's been pretty cold here. You got extra plump lips this morning. Were you doing a lot of kissing ass at that event last night? Oh, I see where this is going. No, I just I'm just I, seriously. I I'm asking. My lips are, are are totally, totally the same, and these lips have been kissing ass for thirty eight years, baby. <laughs> How do you think I got here? What was the event last night? It was for it was Cyclone Fanatic slash We Will Collective. Um, oh, you've teamed up with the We Will. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we've done. I started doing these, what we called recruiting parties back in the day. The first one we threw was in like 2004. It was back when I worked at scout.com and is that when you worked for Narcisse and Dees? Yeah. Days? Yes. Indeed. Do you remember the old three bag bar in Des Moines? Yeah, the three bagger. That's when uh Dave Zavolinski almost got his ass kicked on his well, birthday party. The first one ever was at three bag and my guests were Chris Ash former Rutgers head coach, uh-huh. and Tony Alford, who I believe is still – I don't know where Tony's at now. Um, and McCarney, would, we would have like these McCarney – and this was back when the internet wasn't really much of a thing. And so like we would play the highlight tape of the recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. And the coaches would sit there and like analyze the different players who they had signed. And it was a really like cool – exclusive type of event well 
you know, and then everything kept evolving as the internet. And it's like, oh, if you wanted to watch this highlight tape, you can just go onto YouTube, right? So, like, it, it kind of evolved. And I've been doing it really ever since. And then now with the We Will thing and with Bloom, it makes sense to team up and do it as a fundraiser. And it's a nice little perk for our premium subscribers to get to go to this thing. So, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, the world's just kind of evolved, right? And it makes more sense to, to team up with, with those guys and and here we are but yeah You're it was weird fall asleep right now i should have never asked you about this event just a, all right just go a, ahead and lead this do you, you want to talk a, about the shenanigans going on in iowa fine an infomercial for your your little we will and your cyclone fanatic <laughs> yeah, I, where, where, where do you want to start man i mean it was obvious in the afternoon yesterday and then last night as we went to bed on Wednesday night, all hell broke loose with the Orange Crush going after the Iowa Athletic Department and then the Iowa Athletic well, Department clapping back. But I feel like the obviously the bigger story and the longer lasting story is what we saw in Iowa City in the afternoon. How are we not going conference. to lead with the 23-point Iowa State basketball meltdown? Oh yeah, Kirk Ferentz had a press conference. <laughs> Yeah, Ference talked, Barda talked, and I I was just finishing up my show on uh, CBS Sports Network, and the Ference thing had started, but it was like Tyler Barnes talking forever about a recruiting class nobody cares about, because all anybody wanted to hear about yesterday was, okay, what are you going to say about your little evaluation and the changes that may or may not be coming. And I'll say this from the very get-go, I did not expect him to say they were going to make any changes. I'm not surprised at all that they're not making any changes as of now, but that didn't make that press conference any less infuriating because, I mean, it was just eye roll after eye roll. I God bless those reporters. They get a lot of flack from Iowa fans who claim that they don't ask the tough questions. They ask some really good questions. After Kirk Ferentz said that he does not anticipate any staff changes, and the staff, he thought, did a great job last year, they asked him several times very specific questions about Brian Ferentz. Like, what makes him a good offensive coordinator? Very simple question. And Ferentz would not answer it. He wouldn't, he, he kept bringing in the other coordinators. If you asked him, Kirk, what does Brian do well that makes him a good offensive coordinator? He would say, well, I, I would say the same thing for all of our coordinators, from our special teams coordinator to our defensive coordinator to punt coordinator Carl Pepper, who's getting a little extra play today. Carl Pepper is probably the most excited one of the bunch that there's no staff changes. He's Iowa's esteemed punt coordinator who calls the is offensive plays. Legit. To set up the punt. It was, uh, I feel like, just kind of a slap in the face. Um, it was really interesting to, I mean, hear him basically say this was, this is and was a personnel issue and has nothing to do with our scheme. Yeah, I mean, I'm he, paraphrasing. he spent a long time going through every position group on offense, pointing out all the things that were wrong with each position group, but never said anything was wrong about any coach, you know? Now, he did say, this is my fault. He would always say, this always comes back on me, and this always comes back on the coaches, but wouldn't, would not specifically talk about Brian, which was um, really 
really odd, really bizarre to me that he couldn't even say and wouldn't even say what Brian does well, why he is in the position he is in and why you expect him to stay in that position. He kept bringing up random stats like I feel like he thought one stat was going to be a real zinger, which was the when we scored 24 or more points since 2015, we are 55 and 3. Well, no shit. That's what we've been saying all along. That's why you need a better offense. Because when you get to 24, 25, 26, you win the game. But so often, you're not getting there. And so often, it's the defense scoring points for you. Sometimes the special teams scoring points for you. We're not asking for 35 points a game. We're not asking for a spread offense. Just want a competent offense. Unfortunately, it looks like we are going to get worst case scenario, Chris, which we talked about here a couple of months ago. Cade McNamara in that quarterback room. He's got Spencer Petrus over here. Hey, Spencer. And Brian Ferentz over here. Hey, Brian Alder. How you feel about that going into the season, Christopher? I'm I'm actually surprised. I Maybe I just haven't been around as intently as you have. I thought he would make a move. I thought something would happen. I thought Brian would get shipped off to one of Kirk's buddies in the NFL. I I thought that the only way there was going to be a move was Brian being reassigned offensively to the offensive line. Or yes, somehow finding a way to get him into the NFL. But I thought that was very unlikely. Well, because he's, again, for our more casual listeners who are like, well, why would he be in the NFL? Because he's virtually unhirable in college right now. Because of the ongoing stuff, right? Like, and Ferris has all. a lot of friends in the NFL who, yeah. I'm sure, it, a lot of them would be willing to do Kirk Ferentz a big solid. And I have seen today that there are some Iowa fans hoping that that's still a possibility because there are still a bunch of moves to be made in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. if something happened? He didn't slam the door shut. He didn't say no. There won't be any changes. He said, he said I, don't anticipate. I don't anticipate any changes. But at the same time, that is a horrible way to go about things. So if you find something for Brian in two weeks, then what are you going to do with the offensive coordinator position? Unless you've got a guy waiting in the wings who's like on this uh, tentative plan like, uh, oh, well, okay, if we can get Brian somewhere, you're our guy. But then what's this other guy doing? whether it's the, the old Miami offensive coordinator who worked with Cade McNamara at Michigan. Is he just going to sit and wait around? Gaddis. Yeah. Is he going to sit and wait around for you to try to find Brian Ferentz? And, and what kind of way is this to go about running a program, if that's the case? And then you had Gary Barta come up, and I, I thought, I mean, he made it even worse the way he, and, and that's not a surprise. He usually does. <laughs> But he comes up, and I don't know if you watch the whole thing, Chris, but if you go back and watch it. We have really... some audio and video. Do you want to see some real quick? You do? Okay. I yeah. didn't know if, since Van Wink had got food poisoning from the Popeye's chicken sandwich last night. I wasn't sure if we had it. True story there. So we're, we're in, in Brock, uh, our main man Brock Berman. Brock, thanks actually, for filling in, man. Brock actually has COVID right now. Jeez! But we're, you know, we can do it all remotely. So 
Yeah, we're well, don't breathe on that microphone too hard. <laughs> Brock did a good job. He pulled some audio for us. Let's okay. do you want Ferentz or Barda? Let's do Barda real quick and then we can okay. hear from Kirk Ferentz. Let's see what Gary Barda had to say. To indicate that Brian's uh, not qualified simply is, uh, you know, that, that's a bad narrative. I would indicate he's, he's uniquely qualified. He grew up here around this program. He played offense in this offense. And over the past 10 years, arguably one of our, our, our best decades in Hawkeye football, he's been an integral part of that staff. So no, no backing down on the fact that last year, 17 points a game is not going to get it done. Uh, again, I've had conversations with him about my expectations uh, going forward, and uh, those, those conversations are, are ongoing. Uh, but success of Kirk and Brian and uh, our staff over the past 24 years, and certainly um, including the last five, uh, is is pretty hard to argue with. They kept bringing it back to, well, the first four years of Brian Ferentz's tenure. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to say Brian wasn't or isn't qualified. He's been in the program. He's played for the program. I don't know if he's qualified. Honestly, I have no clue. We just watched the games. Yes, we're just looking at the results. And don't give me these, oh, from 2015 to 2019, we were actually averaging 28 points per game. Don't give me that garbage. Who cares about that now? This is about the here and now, and not just the last few games of last season, not just last season. This is the last few seasons where this program was a competent offense away from being elite. And they throw out all the stats. Well, there's only five schools that have won eight or more games since blah, 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 blah. It's not about wins and losses at this point. We get it. The defense is amazing. The special teams is incredible. Get a competent offense, and you're looking at a a totally different level of program. But for whatever reason, and I think we know why, that's not happening. Well, and again, it doesn't it just come back to the very simple question if if that offense existed the way that it has in Iowa for the last however many years, he would not still be employed at any other university. No, absolutely not. He he would have been gone after last season. Yeah. I mean, it's not when you're evaluating a coach. <laughs> you're not well, geez, well from year 1 to year 4, he was pretty good. I know Things have been bad the last three years, the last two years, but, but year one, maybe it doesn't happen like that. You know, you, you, you look at a coach, he might have, but look at Gaddis, for instance, coordinator of the year at Michigan, goes to Miami, bad year, gone. Byron gone. Leftwich, offensive coordinator for the Bucks. He was a hot head coaching commodity, one bad year, gone. You could even use Iowa State. I mean, I, so I crunched yeah. the numbers a little bit. Great, that great point. Manning had in the last two years prior to this last year, the top-ranked passing offense in the Big 12 and the top-ranked rushing offense in the Big 12. He had the one bad year, and they fired him. And that's – you can argue that maybe that's a little too quick. Maybe things happen a little too quick in college football and the NFL, but that's how it happens. And in Iowa City, it moves slow. And now the, the thing that really got me about Barta was um, – when he he kept talking about the unique relationship that Brian has with Kirk. And he caught himself once because he kept saying, you know, and I have to step in and be the, you know, I'm 
I'm in a unique position too because I I am I am Brian's direct report. So it's been an interesting it's been an interesting year. I mean I mean interesting five or six years. Like he caught himself because he was talking about how this year has been different. No, I still can't be believe. Last- I, I still can't believe that clip from earlier in the year where he's like, "Well, I'll talk to Kirk," you know, and <laughs> it's, it's just, man, the whole thing. You know, when you when you do this, Chris, you just you learn over the years. Like we don't know everything. We know a very small amount of what's going on in that building, and you need to respect that. But from the outside, the just the PR that goes with everything apparently that Barta does it just seems so not thought out. Right, right. It, they're always on the defensive. It just and and, it, and yesterday and Barter, you're right. I understand why he had to talk, and I'll give him credit. I do for going too, and I think there. I think he needed to do that. But it I didn't wasn't help. expecting it, but I think he needed to do that. But yes, yeah. it didn't help. There was nothing he said that, and maybe there was nothing he could have said that made us feel better. Well, no, after he the just, decision had been made, he couldn't have said anything. Like it, it, everything but, he said was going to sound stupid. Even Barda, it was it was like there were specific talking points that they that they had to follow, and they were tiptoeing around certain things. Like, how about? How odd is it that Barta said that, yeah, he's had conversations with Brian about the job and those conversations are ongoing. Like, they're leaving some kind of door open. I agree with you. The whole I don't anticipate thing popped for me too, but... And I, I are they going to try to sneak Brian out the back door here this spring? The problem is that's not the way to go about things. If you're going to make a move... You make a move for your program, not for somebody landing on his feet. But that's the problem when you have someone you care about, like a son, who is directly beneath you, and tough decisions need to be made. Iowa should have been moving on a new offensive coordinator months ago. So let's hear real quick. We do have this audio from Kirk Ferentz, and then I want to get to the student section Illinois thing, uh, which is a... Nice juicy story. It's not like this rivalry didn't need any more. I love it. It's any great. more juice? We'll get into that coming up. Uh, let's hear from Kirk Ferentz yesterday. As I stand here today, you know, I anticipate no changes in our staff moving forward. Uh, that's my plan, certainly. Uh, I think we do have a terrific staff, and I thought they did a great job last year in tough circumstances and uh, you know, navigated us through, I think, some big challenges. I thought our guys really coached at a high level. 130th in yards per game. I think there were a lot of coaches who did coach at a high level. They just didn't happen to be on offense. Uh, Brandon is watching on YouTube because I was curious who would be venting harder this morning, hassle about Brian Ferentz or Williams about the meltdown on Monday night. Well, I've had three days to kind of chill, and I actually got a lot of that out yesterday with John Miller. Uh, We absolutely would have led with that had all this not happened in Iowa City. As we tiptoe into basketball – that was Chris one of one of the hardest sporting events I've ever watched on Monday night. One of the most like just disgusting, difficult Iowa State. I don't know if they had the yips or what happened the last ten Damon minutes. They certainly did. They couldn't even get the ball across half court. Couldn't make a free throw. Couldn't do anything right. And you know, I really do worry, and I. I we saw this last year, the way that they play. 
where they did hit a wall about halfway through the Big 12 season where they're just gas. And I just am fearful that they are there right now and that this could be a tough stretch. You get Kansas coming to town Kansas on Saturday. Kansas is good now. Kansas, Kansas yeah, they bounced back, back, back from the three-game losing streak. They look great. I, I'm worrying that this could be a three-four game losing streak for Iowa State. I think they have at West Virginia after that, which is a brutal place well, to play. Chris, you've said all along on this podcast and others that Iowa State's going to have a tough stretch, a losing stretch during this Big Twelve season. It's going to come at some point. The problem is you just didn't see it like this. No, well, historic fashion. If I, you the, lose the, at Tech. They were an underdog. Right. Like it's you picked a, them to lose. Yeah, not that way. Blowing the biggest lead in Big 12, Big 8 history in the second half. No one had ever come back from 23 down in Big 12, Big 8 history to win a game. And it wasn't even like the second half. It was like the last 10 minutes. Yeah, 12 and a half minutes to go. They were up by 23. Huh. And there were several points in that in that comeback where, you know, Grill hit a three and – up the lead back to seven with, I don't know, three minutes to go. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. They're going to be okay. And then with, I don't know what it was, it was 30 seconds to go. You're still up five. Still should have won. You're up five points. You get a miss, I think, and but you can't get the rebound. And then they get a three. Okay, it goes in. You're still up two with 25 seconds left. Like that, you're still in a great spot. Just hold on to the basketball and make him foul you. And they couldn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's just an epic disaster. The the worst part for me about it, because again, like I did, I picked him to lose. The but the worst part about it for me is that their identity is being so good on defense. Right. And that's supposed to travel, right? Like that's three straight games now, the defense has not been good. And that's where I feel like they may have hit a wall because like that's what they do. That's supposed to travel. That's supposed to always, you know, be a thing. Doesn't matter. Like if you, if you're having a tough night shooting, you should still be able to defend all that stuff. And that mm-hmm. to me isn't what it was. And it was downright awful in the second half against Texas Tech. What is it? Just if you me, play average that- defense, you win that game no matter what. Who was that uh, like fifth year Texas Tech guard wearing number twenty three? He looked like he was three times faster than everybody else. That guy would dribble, spin, get to the rim every single time down O'Banner? the court. Yeah, no, not O'Banner, the the point guard who would just jitterbug oh, his way. Harmon. Oh my God, he was so much quicker than everybody else and under control. And God, he was so impressive. But I, I don't know if it was Iowa State fatigue. Because I don't know. Other than Grill, I mean, they were playing their second game in forty-eight hours. They really need Koontz back. I mean, they they they're gassed. Like that's just my. Is he coming back for the Kansas game Saturday? Hearing questionable. It'll be if okay. he gets cleared. I mean, I think that he wants to play. I think he feels like he can play, but the doctors have to. Clear I think him. we've reached a point where they need him. Yeah. Didn't seem like they needed him for a while. That this is true, and but Nate says on on YouTube, and he's right. Defense doesn't explain the the all the turnovers no, tonight, and I agree. Shots. And that's where I said they had the yips. But if you're playing average defense with a 23 point lead, even with the turnovers, you should still be able to win. Mm-hmm. 
Is is and, that's and my whole about, point. They lost it on offense. I get it, but normally that defense is their backbone, and it was gone. How about Kalsher, an eighty plus percent free throw shooter, just totally falling apart at the line in that game? Make one of them, one more, and you win. And then he had Robert Jones, a thirty percent free throw shooter, make yeah, he both. made two. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm not picking them to win on Saturday. I don't know what the line's going to be. Let me look. Yeah, at I it. don't like. They're the going to be. It's going like to be around a pick them. I'm picking Kansas. Going to really need a a great crowd there. I, I hear people are already camping out. A couple anyway. Seriously, for that game. Yeah, Seems I, I can't a bit remember who tweeted that last night, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, somebody said, we are 66 hours before tip-off, and we've seen our first tents pop up. Hey, at least it was a quad one loss. Doesn't really hurt you. Yeah, look, it. this game, that the, the loss wasn't about hurting their seeding or anything like that. It, it was, was about the way they lost and how is how are they going to respond after this. I'm worried about Lipsy. Like, is he at a total freshman wall? Like, mentally, can he recover from that? I, he seems like a pretty tough kid, so I'll give him the benefit of doubt. But man, he so many people were saying were, were clamoring for TJ to take him out of that game. Who yeah. who then is running? They don't have a point guard after that's him. the problem. Is it you give me have Jaron Holmes trying to run it up the court every Which time? Which he can't dribble. You know he's really good, but he's a not a good ball handler. So, boy, I tell you what, um, there is a playbook how to mess with this Iowa State team and. Missouri and Texas Tech and Iowa have put it together pretty well. If you play that tempo, you know that it's um, it can really mess with them. Mm-hmm. Real quick, I want to remind everybody to go to iowaeverywhere.com and sign up for our big game house party with our friends from Circa and Fairway, where you can win a three hundred dollar Fairway gift card and a trip for two to Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. That is a sweet deal. Um, go to iowaeverywhere.com. All you have to do is sign up, and we're going to do the drawing next week Hell and yeah. give that away. Also, Jared Stansberry and Jordan Bohannon will be at Wellman's in West Des Moines for the big game Stansberry seems like a Wellman's kind of guy. Yeah, I feel like he fits in quite well. Oh, I would yeah. agree. Yeah. So you can I go and hang so. out with Jared and J-Bo and watch the Eagles take on the Chiefs, and I, I think that, I might stop out there and say hi as well. So is that the Wellmans out in West Des Moines? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's your old stomping ground. The let's old be rooftop. Honest. Yeah. Oh my God, man! I used to go there on Saturday nights. Well, that's you go there, you get free beer on your birthday, free drinks on your birthday. Really, it's my wife's birthday day. today. Oh, happy birthday to uh, Mrs. Williams! Yeah, the doctor, good doctor. We're gonna go out and get some breakfast after this. The good doctor. So, oh, dude, by the way, at the event last night, yeah, multiple people offered to pay money to watch our dads do a podcast. Oh, yeah? One guy came up to me and was like, I'd give anything to see Don Hassel in this building right now with all the Iowa State coaches I, I and these fans. I would love to see that, too. I don't know what he would do. Mic him up with, and just follow him around with like a candid camera. Look at these hicks. Look at all these <laughs> idiots. These farmers probably got manure all over their shoes and boots. I just, I'm down with our dads doing this, and I think it'd be great, but we can't do it live. We got to have the editing feature. I, yeah, I'm worried about the whole the cancel culture thing with, with my dad. Yeah, he is. Um, 
And it's not like he's a tr- he hates. Tr- I mean, he's not a right wing guy. He's, he is. He's a left winger. He's a Democrat. Okay. Okay. Just put that out there. So he. Well, my dad's a Republican, so this is even more perfect. They can fight about politics, too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, and it fits the stereotype perfectly. My dad is a Southwest Iowa Republican. Your dad is an Eastern Iowa elitist Democrat, Mm -hmm. Hawkeye, Chicago. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. You're right. Just let them fight. I don't know. He says things sometimes, man, that. Like dad, you can't say that. Huh. You can't even you can't even put that in the group text. <laughs> let's uh let's get to this. He's like, what? 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 I'm not mean anything by it. I want to get to this Illinois student section story. Again, I'm oh. just you know I'm trying to do my day job last night, and I'm and you know I don't really cover Iowa, but we talk about Iowa. You know, it's a and and, and God damn it, Chris, like they can't just. We can't just have an easy night. I already know that we're going to have to do the Ferentz thing. And then I'm starting to get these texts uh, about the... So you're going to have to kind of fill in fill in some yeah, it's, lines it's, for me. So, I mean, from a 50-foot view. Mm-hmm. So Illinois student section, like, faked who they are. Well, okay, the Orange Crush, the Illinois student section, they pick one game a year where they send hundreds of their people and it's like a group it's like you you I think you I think you have to pay to be involved in the orange crush and it's a nonprofit and they they raise a lot of money for charities including the boys and girls club and each year they go out on a road trip and we've seen them at Carver Hawkeye take over sections before yeah and so they bought up 200 tickets or so a long time ago at a discounted rate and the discounted rate is for uh, buying tickets in bulk, one. And from what I've been told, two, it, nonprofit organizations like the Orange Crush. Well, they did not say they were the Orange Crush, obviously, because if they do, they're probably going to get shut down. So they always say something else. So in this case, they said this was a Boys and Girls Club charter in Illinois, which apparently they've raised a lot of money for. Okay, millions of dollars they've raised for charity, according to their website. Okay, they're all set to go. They've got the buses all lined up. They're gearing up. They can't wait to get over to Iowa City. Yesterday, February first, just a few days before the game, they get a call from Iowa saying, "This is a fraud. <laughs> You're not from the Boys and Girls Club. We are not honoring your tickets. We'll refund you, but we're not honoring your tickets." So then the Orange Crush is just crushed. Sorry. <laughs> they, you know, they've got all these buses lined up. They've spent all this money. They've took all, they, they, all these resources planned for, I'm sure, hotels and all that, too, to go to Iowa City. So they are pissed, just pissed that Iowa is not going to let them come. So they put out that scathing statement. They called Gary Barda. I think they called him a coward. and so social media blows up you have all these national people saying iowa looks terrible what the hell are you doing how could you do this and iowa it's like they were sitting on it just waiting they were sitting on a statement just oh i hope the orange crush so then (laughs) iowa boom 
quick statement. The Iowa Athletics Department became aware of a discounted group ticket order for the Iowa-Illinois men's basketball game of, on behalf of an Illinois chapter of the Boys and Girls Club. In following up with that organization, it became clear this was not factual. When contacting the individual who made the original ticket order, they admitted to falsely ordering tickets under the nonprofit organization. So then you've got Iowa fans coming in. Yeah, screw them, those bastards. They're trying to, in the, they're trying to screw over the boys and girls clubs. They don't care about charity. And Iowa at the same time, savvy, savvy PR move here, which you don't see often from Iowa. Iowa says, we refunded the original ticket orders and donated the tickets to the Boys and Girls Club of Cedar Rapids. <laughs> I love it. So now we're left with, okay, which side are we siding with here? And I think it's somewhere surprisingly closer to the middle. At first, that Iowa thing came out, and I was like, oh, man, they really got Illinois. Then I started reading into it a little bit more, learning a little bit more about what they do, all the money they raise for charities, and how they have to go about getting these tickets for games. And they had to raise money to be able to make this trip. So, And they okay? were saying that because Iowa gave them such late notice, they've lost all this money? Is that Yes, because okay. of the, they've already made all the arrangements. They booked the charter buses, I'm sure hotels, all that. So that and then the, I, if you're anti-Iowa here, you're saying to them, so basically you just stole, you, you didn't steal, you basically just screwed a charity yeah, you're, you're, you're out of a bunch of money. Yeah, you're because we're going to take over a section in the arena. But Iowa can stand on their, I don't know if it's legal ground, but their morals and say, well, this was a falsely... Um, this this was falsified, and these tickets were falsely attained under the name of the Boys and Girls Club of Illinois. That's not the case, so we're not going to give it to you. And they can do that, but should they do that? And the way they put it out there, they kind of they kind of led us in the direction that the Orange Crush was almost trying to oh take advantage of charities. And I don't think that's the case. I really don't. So I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's this is what a rivalry is about. They have taken over Carver before, and Iowa was sick of it. I don't know when they found out. I also think it's interesting that they did this on the day where they knew there was going to be public backlash with Kirk Ferentz going up there and saying you that think there they're would be that no smart? staff changes. I don't know about that, <laughs> but I do find it interesting because had if they found out, let's just say a month ago, maybe they said, well, let's hold this for a really special moment. Maybe when, when we need to turn the PR the, narrative around, the only thing I did, it took, yeah. it took a lot of the focus last night. Anyway, it took a lot of the focus off of what happened earlier in the day with that press conference. The only critique I would give Iowa here is do it earlier. Or maybe they had to wait until the last home game was over and then they moved to the next one and like, right. oh, they discovered this. I don't know. It it does seem a little bit cheap to just do it a couple days before the game. Because you are working with college students who are running a charity. This is not, yeah. you know, like if you put it that way, it's like, yeah. But, but... 
we're we constantly make fun of Carver Hawkeye Arena with the old ladies knitting, with the shitty home well, court how advantage. About this, Chris? And they're trying to protect that for their big Saturday well, sellout. You had a group of college students who were willingly going to travel to go to Carver Hawkeye Arena. We don't see that out of the Iowa students. Think about it this way. They're paying to be in the student section. I don't know if it's the student section. No, it, this, it, it's, no I, I'm saying that Illinois students want to be in the student section so bad that they'll pay extra money to be in their I, student section. Well, yeah, at Illinois, correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. Think yes. about that. that. That's how elusive that group is, to, to be able to get in there and surround that court in Champaign. You do, and you. Ha- I think you have to do like there's community service and all kinds of stuff. Whereas in Iowa City, if free pizza at Carver, free tickets, free pizza, free Carver cones, come on down. Like I said last week, but they have to cross the river. I feel like it's so a Simon. chore for for these kids to go to Carver Hawkeye Arena. Now, having said that, it's a sellout. It's a Saturday game. Iowa's won two in a row. Illinois' second place in the conference. This is really best-case scenario for atmospheres at Carver. I think it is going to be a fantastic atmosphere at Carver because you've got Illinois, the rival in town. Iowa's playing well at home. You've got this situation, which is going to fire a bunch of other people up. And it's probably because of the game time and the game day going to lend itself to the most students we've seen in the game this season. I don't blame Iowa. I mean, I, I think that they probably could have done it a little bit differently if you consider that these are college students and this is a, this is I don't blame a either, charity. either side because I think that's how the Orange Crush had to go about it. I think I think the, the worst part, those two worst things about this, you named one of them, that Iowa waited until the last minute. Yeah. Maybe they just found out. I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. The other thing is just the scathing Orange Crush statement that calls Gary Barta a coward. <laughs> that that was a I mean, come on. Because you had to know well, that I was going to come back and say, yeah, but you lied about where you were buying the tickets from. <laughs> like, I know you guys do that all the time, but it's pretty easy to clap back and say that. I would love to get Fran McCaffrey's take on this. I think it'd be really interesting. You think Fran will come on the uh, the podcast? I'm guessing that he would decline what an invitation. What would you put the chances of Fran McCaffrey coming on to a guy's name, Chris? If we like, him. like Vegas odds from our friends at Circa? No, no, just a percentage chance. I would say under 5% for oh, sure. Oh, God, you're not even close. 1%? No. Zero he used to come on zero. my radio show, but he hasn't for years. 0.0, zero uh, zero, Chris. The, I think the day I kind of soured him over there was when they played Otzelberger's South Dakota State team mm-hmm. and lost, and I played the South Dakota State fight song on the show. What? Like leading into McCaffrey coming on no, the show? No, 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 no. I just think it, I think they got word over there that – some jackass host in Des Moines. They had no idea who I was. They don't. I'm not relevant to them. You probably tell Fran McCaffrey my name. I doubt he even knows who I am. You, on the other hand, well, we had. That, I have a uh, feeling he knows who you are. <laughs> well, yeah, I interviewed him as Gary Dolphin a few years ago. Remember that at the Coaches versus Cancer or whatever that thing was in Des Moines. 
Asked him if he got his, uh, I don't know, hepatitis shot before he went and coached in Ames. Maybe Bohannon could help smooth no this and get Graham no McCaffrey over here. I went on Bohannon's podcast last year. Do you remember this? No, maybe it was two years ago. And it, it, was, all, it was all great. Had a great conversation. Yeah, I remember time. that. And then apparently he got so much flack for having me on. He released a statement on Twitter, and the headline was the I, th- I'm, I think, if my memory is correct, the headline was the Chris Hassel controversy. <laughs> and the controversy was having me on this podcast. I, I that's how I remember it. I, I remember listening to that. It was it yeah. was good. It was fun. I had a good time. But man, I must have gotten back to the old McCaffreys there that uh, that I was on the podcast, and then uh, oh, well, let's see those. in the off season what we can do. What you, about what? I have some allies over at the University of Iowa about getting Fran over here on the show. I, I would love, I would love to have that. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm telling you right now, it's zero point zero percent chance. I, I'm just saying, let me, let me do a little massaging. Believe it or not, and like the Iowa fans watching who hate me. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of you. I could do a little massaging over there. I've I've been in Iowa City so much because of my oldest daughter that I've spent a lot of time in that place and gotten to be friends with some of those people. And they're they're good people. It's just you get it. And and I got to give a give credit to our friend Keith Murphy who talks about this all the time. But the bunkers that these guys live in, right. man. Matt and, Campbell's the same way. Oh yeah, I mean. I love Matt, but we're not nearly as close as we used to be because you criticize people and then they, you know, it's just how this works. And then the longer you're at a place, as Mm -hmm. a coach goes, the more thick your skin is. And, and, but in the same token, you just become a harder individual. Like when I say that, I mean, um, you, you just, you're, you're impenetrable. If that makes sense. Like you, like, you're not as welcoming. You're not as warm. And I've seen it for every coach, Chris, that I've ever covered in this state. The longer they're there, it just happens. And I think it's just a natural thing. Fran's been there a long time. And this is a guy who I don't – I think he's a pretty sensitive individual just by nature. That's not a critique. I think he just is. And, I mean – It is a critique. You mean it's not a critic? No, I, I think that that's just who he is a as a human. Yeah, sure. But you're critiquing who, how he is. Okay, fine. Right. It's not a criticism of him. It's that's it's how God made him. Some coaches don't give a shit like what other people. Mm-hmm. I think Fran generally is just a sensitive human being by nature. I don't think Kirk mm-hmm. Ferentz is in that sense. Like I don't think Kirk gives a shit what I, you think. Right. Well, to a certain extent, I think he likes digging in a little bit. He likes showing it to you a little bit, but he's not going to do something because we say, you yeah, know, he, he's Matt not gonna... Campbell is not sensitive. He doesn't give a shit. Um, and that's Paul that's Rhodes admirable. was very sensitive. Mm-hmm. TJ Otzelberger, not sensitive. Bill Fennelly, sensitive. I could go through and like, I can write the script on all these guys who we've covered. And it's mm-hmm. just there at the end of the day, they're all humans, right? They're all just human beings, and mm-hmm. and, it, and and like who these guys have around them is is the biggest thing. So I'm guessing Fran has people around him that are telling him 
oh, this hassle guy, right? And but some guys, like I, I, I don't think that anybody in Campbell's office is being like, oh my god, Chris and Chris are constantly talking about you not having a special teams quarter. I don't think they give a shit. <laughs> oh, you don't think he made that move because we kept calling for it? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> So it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's a really interesting dichotomy of like what we do here on a daily basis. Well, I'm going to get Fran on the show. We're going to do this. Not, I'm going to be the guy who's going to lead the charge. I, I, here. I, I, you know what? I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can get Fran on the show. That's it. That's it. That's a lot of money in Iowa, isn't it? Hundred bucks. What do you, you got? No, like Eight dollar cocktails in Des Moines. You can just next time we're in Vegas, put down a hundred dollar bet for me. How about that? Okay. Sounds good. Deal. Um, anyway, so let's just do real quick. We'll wrap this thing up a little bit early. Do you have a prediction? Do you think Iowa beats Illinois? Hmm. I think it's going to be a really good game. I do. Um, Iowa has been so impressive on the offensive end, but when you look at the numbers, like they need 80-plus points to win games. Mm-hmm. When they don't get to that 80-point mark, they don't win games. So the offense needs to keep coming, and on the road, always happen. I think there's going to be enough juice in the building. It's going to get Iowa over the top. I do think Iowa's going to win the game. Interesting top 15 defense by Illinois. and, and Against I, Iowa, it hasn't mattered. I mean, look at Rutgers. Yeah. No, you're right. Western. I mean, they, they can uh, Iowa's offense at five. on these really good defensive teams. Iowa State. Because when they get when they make forty to fifty percent of their three point shots, they're almost unbeatable. I mean, and they've been doing that lately. When Sanford's going, he had a six point play the other night. <laughs> I, they look so good at times, and then you see them again. You're like, why? How did they? How do they score so? I, I, it, it's an enigma, and a lot of teams are like that. Iowa State's going through the same thing right now. But um, I was I was feeling good. Iowa State's not. I do not. I do not think Iowa State's going to beat Kansas. I don't either. This I'm picking Kansas. It's going to be a three-game losing skid. I think I'm Kansas picking Kansas. Has, They're going to lose Kansas four in a row. Kansas took their lumps. Kansas went through that three-game losing skid, and then Iowa they State's going to lose four. Through. They're going to lose at West Virginia too. Yeah, that's they'll that have a four-game losing. streak. If they're carrying a three-game losing streak going into West Virginia, that's going to be tough. And then you start thinking, geez, we're we're really hurting our seating now, and now the Big Twelve title is out of reach, but. I think you also have to keep in mind you reset the expectations a little bit. Yeah. Because of all the the overachieving that's been done so far. Yeah. And the other thing too, and this is a very real thing in the Big Twelve because you play everybody the second time or Lipsy's been scouted, man. You don't have to defend mm-hmm. him. If he's out there and if Robert Jones is out there, you don't have to defend these guys. Which so you're seeing there's really good coaches in this league. And they're starting to see you more, there's more on tape. They've seen you for the second time. We saw that with Texas Tech. Second time they've played Lipsy. Don't guard him, right? And so Iowa State now, Otts and his staff are going to have to make some adjustments, and we'll see the chess match here. It's fun. They they Listen, they lost four in a row last year and recovered very nicely, and I have all the faith in the world that they will do that again. But I'm telling you guys, I think this is a tough stretch. They're going to lose on yeah. – I, I hope I'm wrong. I just – West Virginia is one of the toughest places in college basketball to go play. 
If you're already hanging your head a little bit, I mean, be tough. But that'll be a lit atmosphere. We're going to have two great atmospheres coming up and on West Saturday. Virginia, all I'm thinking about is how they're going to press the living crap out of Iowa State. That oh, game. horrible. It's a terrible matchup. It is a horrible matchup. They By have the way, to have Jazz Coons back for that one if they're going to win. Jazz, but, if they would have had Jazz for 10 minutes the other way, they wouldn't have lost Texas Tech. But you don't. He's hurt, you know. They need that extra guy right now who can defend, who can rebound, do all the things that don't show up in the stat book. They need him badly, especially with an injured Grill. Grill played amazing the other night. He's still injured, right? He's playing hurt. They are banged up, and they need they need their extra guy right now. At least he has a, a couple extra days, but once again. No Grill, doubt. Since they didn't play midweek this week. Um, wanted to give some love to the uh, – the women's teams in this state. But yeah. Man, what, what happened with Iowa State last night? What is up with Kansas State women? They beat I didn't get Iowa, to watch it. and now they beat Iowa State. I didn't get to watch it last night. I was at the event, but I saw that they lost by one and that Ashley Jones had a rough night. That's the only thing I know about it at well, this point. Big one coming up tonight in Iowa City. Who do they have? Be, oh, it is a top 10 showdown, Christopher. On national TV, it's Iowa, number six in the country, hosting Maryland, number eight in the country, 8.30 Eastern time. How about this? The Iowa women get ESPN, the mothership. Wow, awesome. While Iowa State men and Kansas men keep struggling to get anything that's not streaming. These guys are the biggest liars when they're when they talk about how there's no money in basketball, and then they put Kansas Kansas State on ESPN Plus the other night. No, you're 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 literally forcing people to download to pay for your subscription. That's what you're doing. Just admit it. And then they'll come to you and they'll be like, "Well, you know, we but Kansas State was picked last in the Big Twelve. It's still a rivalry. Like you know what you're doing. Oh yeah, and it's still Kansas." Yeah, doesn't matter who Kansas is. Playing. Anybody will watch it. North Carolina fans will watch it because it's Kansas. Now, I did hear that J- I didn't watch that game, the the Kansas Kansas State game on ESPN Plus, but I did get a message from somebody that said Jay Billis was calling the game, so they upped the crew clearly. But I still don't. I I don't think there was anything surrounding the game, like a pregame, halftime, postgame. Well, they didn't even do that. The the Iowa State Kansas State game last week, two top fifteen teams. They didn't even have a halftime show on ESPNU. Oh yeah, they don't do ESPNU halftimes. If it's the same way that it was when I was there, uh, they would even do this for ESPN two sometimes because I would do those halftime shows sometimes. What they would do is you would record a half. So you're responsible for the game on ESPN. Sometimes they only have one studio show going at, at, per night. Yeah. So you're responsible for whatever happens when it comes halftime on ESPN. You have to record a halftime that will live on ESPN2 and ESPNU or ESPN News. So that's all like they don't have two, three, four different halftime crews. Mm-hmm. It's usually one. Sometimes, rarely, you'll get two, but usually two. They only do that for college football. So you're really only getting surrounding stuff from a game that's on ESPN. Like tonight, there's I, there's going to be a studio presence for the Iowa State, or for the Iowa-Maryland women's game. And great, it's a top 10 matchup, but 
this is several times this year where I've seen a women's game on ESPN get a lot more attention than a top 15 men's game that ESPN has. Real quick, uh, apparently we do have some breaking news. Simon's watching. He says that Campbell said in his press conference yesterday, the reason for a special teams coach, that because Chris and Chris made some great points on Iowa everywhere, I decided to make the change. <laughs> Simon also says that all Iowa needs to do is build a bridge over that river and the students will show up. Is there not a pedestrian bridge? Like, can you not walk over that? I'm telling you, these Iowa fans, they, they're making it seem like it's the <laughs> 1700s and you've got to like swim across the Mississippi River to get it's to Oregon the Trail. Yeah, you, you get... Cock it and float. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to lose a few oxen. Might get pneumonia, too. God. There's a Gotta bus. You get on the you get on the goddamn bus. There is a bus that goes around campus in Iowa City. Get on the bus. Get your ass over to Carver. Nope. I'd rather not. And then you have these idiots and Ames who are camping out three nights before, mm-hmm. <laughs> skipping class, just urinating all over the grounds of Hilton Coliseum, just so that they could get. There's a tweet put out about how crazy of fans they are. Oh, like, Lord. Again, that will be a it. thing tomorrow it's, night. I promise you. What? There will be... People pissing all over Hilton? Well, there's going to be parties and tents and like... Oh, oh, because cops on Saturday. You're talking about Friday. Yeah. I'm talking about Friday night. So what do you do in that instance? Do you bring like a big milk jug and everybody just pisses in the milk jug? And then you go, you take it out and dump it out somewhere? I mean, what do you, you do? You know... I would like to think that Iowa State would be on top of this and know that these students are going to be doing this. There? Bring some porta potties. I would like to think that they would be prepared for this. But I, other than that, it's just like no. I mean, that kid's taking a dump over there in the bushes. Do you think that, that happened it, during Visha all the time? Is that why you they just, canceled it? Pretty much, yeah. You know, a buddy of mine got arrested for taking a dump in the bushes at uh, Friley Hall. How horrifying would that be? You you got to go so bad you can't wait. You got to go in public, and then it's up. On I mean, unless you're just being an idiot, like yeah, you Would you rather risk it and go in public in these bushes where you you know you think you're it's private, or would you rather go take a dump? In a porta potty where people have been partying for three straight oh, days. God, I think I'd rather roll my dice with the bushes. I mean, yeah, but you—that's a better experience for sure. The porta potty—I, I, I think that's one of the reasons I don't go to live events as like a fan. The porta potty situation, the trough inside in like Kinnick Stadium, the trough. I'm a huge trough guy. I like him. You're just dangling there with. 40 other men that bothers you when i was a kid, not go like we'd go in i'd have i'd have to get going there and my dad would push me up there in between him and some other guy and i'm like so if you go to the I, I dirt track i was scared you're yeah. always gonna have like instead because they got the troughs you know but they then if the troughs, troughs are full then then you just go in the sink 
man. And it's then just it's all there's pipes. always like there's always like two toilets, but they're just sitting there. They're not surrounded by any kind of you know uh, wall or door. <laughs> and there's always just one. Just all right. You have to take a dump. Oh God! How do we get to this? <laughs> in one of those facilities that you're talking about, in one of those toilets, you got the troughs. And you got the open face toilets, so there's nothing. You have to sit there and take a dump, or you have to go in the bushes outside of a dorm in Ames in public. You have to do one. Oh, God. I mean, I would do it in a place where I wouldn't get arrested if... So you go in front of 40 other men looking at you? Yeah, but, like, why are the toilets... If you're not going to put a... A wall or a door. Why do you then have to sit there and face everybody? You know, like, because you have to sit on the toilet and you're like looking at everybody. Like, if you're going to do that, if you're going to design something like, let's turn that toilet around, have it face the wall <laughs> so that you don't have to look at anybody. God, it's like a shaming thing. And I, I like, I'll it's walk into like the when bathroom. You're walking your and dog I'll make and he- direct eye contact this guy who's got his pants down at his ankles and he's just. <laughs> Ugh. By the way, have you pube dube yet? Pube dube is, is now going to go. The pube dube? Yeah, what about it? A dube filled with pube? Yeah. I remember that. That got a lot from, of play. I've, I've got a lot of uh, feedback on the pube that's dube. Just, that's the most. Dis- you smoke that? That's the most disgusting thing. Like smoking a bunch of rolled up pubes. Think about that. It would burn, though, wouldn't it? By the way, too, what's funny is when I drive by Friley Hall now, there's is that? Is that a dorm there's room? the group of bushes, you know, God, and still where my buddy, this... where my buddy took the dump, that bush is higher than the rest. Where, aren't there, haven't there been like a bunch of Iowa basketball players over the last thirty years that have done just crazy things in Iowa City like that? Like they wake up in a like a a window well. With just nothing on. There's always I have a somebody. feeling that that's probably the case at most college campuses, yeah, and not true. exclusive to Iowa. Well, yeah, but it was. It got out there. It was like public stories about it. The old um, Homan and Broman yeah, stories from when those guys, the say? Bash brothers, Who? Jared Homan and Jackson Broman, when they were names. Okay. They did Broman some pretty, and Homan. Yeah. Do you remember those guys? I, I remember when they played at Iowa State, but yeah. that was back that was back when I I poo pooed everything Iowa State. I was They were wild men. They were a good time. I bet they were. Jeez. Yeah. We lost Jackson a couple years like, ago, unfortunately. He had a uh, tragic end to his life, but uh Jared Holman's a great dude. That'd be a really fun off season interview. He's he's fantastic. Iowa kid, farm boy. But I, we then he will just, not have anybody on the show. As a guest, until we get Fran McCaffrey on the show. Deal. All right, it's a challenge. <laughs> Brock, thank you for your time today in the late notice. Thanks, Brock. It's Van Winkle. Good, is... good luck with the uh, the, the, the COVID-23. Yeah, it's not that bad. I just... Okay, good. Living with family, so you know, i got to stay away from everybody else. That's good. Poor guy well... shut in his room, can't <laughs> slide his meals underneath the door. <laughs> Pretty At least you can... At least we have this technology, and you're not, you know, you can still help out, and we yeah, appreciate totally it. Last minute, because Van Winkle was 
at that event last night, and I just he looked man, he looked sick. So he ate. Did he eat that Popeyes chicken sandwich at the event? No, he ate it before he came there. So it was it was uncooked, huh? It must have. Been. I don't it must know. Have gotten salmonella he, poisoning. He uh, texted me and he's like, "Do you want to produce the show?" And I was like, "Well, obviously, I have nothing going on as a joke." And then he's like, "Well, I can't because I have food poisoning." I felt so bad after sending <laughs> that text. I was like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> poor guy." Jeez. Yeah, we're 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 dodging bullets, Chris. So get get the work. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you to Brock Bierman for producing. Thank you to our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery as always. And uh, go to IowaEverywhere.com and sign up for that free trip to Las Vegas. We man, can't wait to get that. How'd you pull that off, man? What what a what a what a prize! That's amazing. It's awesome, man. You know how Circa does it. They're first class. Uh, they when they're they your go, partner. They go big, baby. Yep. They're all in. They they uh, we're we're excited to get that going. So he's Chris Hassel. My name is Chris Williams. Thank you for watching live. Thank you for listening on the Iowa Everywhere podcast. We'll be back on Monday. Iowa Everywhere.